It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Tucker drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle. He's got it. Touchdown, Raiders! That's by Cliff Branch. The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch, all summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we are still playing the Summer of Cliff promotion back from Canton, Ohio, on the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I feel great, energized after five days, four nights in Canton, Ohio, for the enshrinement of Cliff Branch and everything that went along with that. And that's the show today. It's a recap. There's going to be a lot of name dropping. I don't mind name dropping. If I'm in the room, I can name drop. We got some name dropping. We're going to talk about the good time the appreciation that I have, that the Raider fans have for that experience. If you went and if you watched it on TV, we'd like to put a bow, a bow on the enshrinement of Cliff Branch. That's what we did all summer, and I'm back, and I'd like to recap it here. Mark Anderson will join us from the Review Journal on all things Vegas, and we're going to play some Josh McDaniel sound from the press conference earlier today. But I really want to dive into this trip while it's fresh on my mind because we record these shows, they live, in podcast, and I want to remember the experience I had, and if I had a chance to see you, and if you had a chance to really appreciate the greatness of the Raiders in Canton, Ohio. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own over 64 PTs in there in the Valley. Uh, Sierra Patrick's, which is Sean, Sean Patrick's, excuse me, Sierra Gold, all the great locations here, and especially the Stratosphere in Arizona, Charlie's. PTs fuels the monologue. As I think I don't need a lot of fuel coming off because we traveled out early yesterday from Canton and got back yesterday afternoon. It was just a great night telling my wife and my son, who's still home from college, about the trip and how much it meant to me and how great of an experience it was as the MC for the Cliff Branch party, which set the bar for Hall of Fame parties. Jerry Jones had Justin Timberlake a couple of years ago. With all due respect to JT, Diana Ross was epic and uh, I kept that surprise I was able to hold on to that surprise for a few days after I found out about it and for Elaine Anderson our hostess of the party and Mark Davis the host it truly was epic it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in regards to a VIP corporate experience with a A A-list performer in Diana Ross the Raiders house band the Raiders house band I think there's 13 to 15 members from strings to brass. Incredible. Man, did Mark Davis hit a home run with that selection. They performed and were really good. And then every Henry Lawrence, killer, one of only six Raiders to win all three Super Bowls. He performed, which was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be jumping around talking about everything. But I'd also like to hear from you if you made the trip, if you're streaming the show, you watched it on ESPN or NFL Network, what were some of your favorite parts about the Raider experience going back to the game on Thursday night, all the way through the party on Saturday night, and what we're talking about today? 702-365-9200, and I saw hundreds of Raider fans there, so it shouldn't be difficult to hear from a few of them, or just a few that were moved by what happened for Cliff Pranch and how great of a trip that was. 
couple of things. So we got out there on Wednesday. I'm going to spend more time with this too, the second hour of the show. Everything that the Raiders did was five-star. The hotel, the Cliff Branch Hotel, which was the Hyatt place, it was decorated top to bottom with Cliff. I mean everything. Anywhere you went, instead of seeing a hotel that has their hotel art, you know, a landscape, a seascape, it was just Cliff Branch. The rooms were decorated with Cliff Branch pillows and blankets and art, everything down to the cookies to everything in the building. I've never seen anything like it. No owner or group in the history of the Pro Football Hall of Fame that's been around for a while has ever done that for a player. They've done big things, but nothing to this level. So as one executive at the Hall of Fame told me, the Raiders have now set the bar, and this executive told me, and they should, because Al Davis set the bar for decades. So Cliff had a great time. Mark was walking on cloud nine, his best friend inducted. And then the Branch family, the extended family of the Branch family, there were a lot of relatives, kids, nieces, nephews, all there for Cliff Branch, which really made it special. So I got a lot of stories to tell. The gold jacket party, first time ever thrown in the history of the Hall of Fame. Never did this before. They took all the gold jackets afterwards into the McKinley Grand, which is now the Double Tree, into a ballroom. Was lucky to go to that, and that was like a museum. I walked around. It was like a living football museum with all the gold jackets that were there. That was really cool. And then all the late nights, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, back at the Cliff Branch Hotel, where all these legends and former Raiders were sitting out on an open bar tab till 2, 3 in the morning telling football stories. Oh, my God. That should, be, that should be a documentary, some of the stories that I heard there. So I loved it. It, it, it beat expectations. I knew the expectations were going to be high, and it was better than expected because it was first class. There was a great turnout. And Cliff, I think, I believe, Cliff broke the record. As a matter of fact, I'll put my name on it. Cliff broke the record for most teammates attending an enshrinement. From Peyton Manning to Brett Favre to Dick Butkus to Jim Brown, who I spent time with, no one had as many teammates the way Cliff did. I mean, no one. Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, former teammates that came back, and that was all constructed by Mark Davis and the alumni department to invite them all to see how many would come, and a lot of them came. So I think the Raiders set the bar on the party with the A-list performer. They set the bar in attendance for former players, and they just did a great job. If you're a Hall of Famer and you're thinking you're having a party like this again, good luck. Good luck thinking you're going to get the Cliff Branch treatment because to me that felt like a once-in-a-lifetime party. Let's go back to the game on Thursday because as I was listening this morning, there's a lot of talk about the Raiders and their depth now. As I'll say again next hour, I, I, I don't go crazy on depth in August. It's a waste of time. It really is a waste of time to sit here and debate the sixth cornerback or the six wide receiver. They never end up, usually they never end up being a difference maker. They don't. And I hope they don't become a difference maker this year because of with Devontae, Hunter Renfro, Waller, what they have at depth at wide receiver and tight end. Again, there's not going to be a guy on the back end that gets 60 receptions. But it's important to you, the fans of the Raider Nation, and we'll cover that in a timely fashion. We got a home game coming up here, which is important, a preseason game which is like a dress rehearsal. We treat it seriously just like the regular season. So if you're going to the next couple of games, the next two home games, that's going to be a big deal. And then the Raiders are counting down to their alumni weekend, which is going to be as big, well, 
double the turnout as Canton. Raiders are having their largest alumni weekend, the weekend of the Patriot game. So this team is busy. They're rocking. They're coming up a high of a win in Canton and a party for Cliff Branch. And my 24 years now with the team, I've never seen anything like that. I've been to some cool parties. I emceed Snakes and Tom Flores. Those were great times. But what happened here, they had to thread the needle to pull it off, and they did. Many people need to be congratulated, and you fans should be proud that you have an organization that represents that big in Canton, Ohio. It was really cool. So let's get to Josh Jacobs today. And again, I want to tell mostly Cliff stories. So if you have a Cliff story or someone you met at the Hall of Fame or a conversation that you had, start dialing now at 702-365-9200. So when I was on the field during the pregame and Josh Jacobs and Carr and Devontae were warming up, I had no idea that Josh Jacobs was playing. Usually there's a production meeting ahead of a preseason game. This game was the zero game, so we didn't have that. So I didn't go into the pregame saying, all right, well, Josh is going to play a series or two. I had no idea. I was, was I in shock that he played? I wasn't in shock. I was surprised. I understand that Josh didn't have his fifth-year option picked up, but I think what Josh McDaniels wanted to do was get him in a rhythm with an offensive line that is not elite. You know, the conversation of elite has really bothered some Raider fans over the last couple of years because it's usually about car. Is car elite? And if you look at the category of elite, I've never put him in the elite category. I put him in the borderline elite. Borderline elite. He hasn't won a playoff game yet, and he's not a Hall of Famer yet. He could be there in two or three years on that path to all of it. But he's got to win playoff games. He's got to take his game to a higher level. Can he do that? Absolutely. So that's usually the conversation, who's elite. But now, that's kind of getting parked because we know that Waller is elite. We know that Renthro is elite as a slot receiver. Devontae's the best. I think Colt Miller is going to be a pro bowler for the next four or five years at his position. Chandler Jones is a future Hall of Famer. You know, he's ahead of Richard Seymour. He just hasn't played in the level of games at Richard Seymour, but pretty close. I think it's fair to say he's there. And then my friend Mad Max Crosby is building an elite career. But Josh Jacobs is not elite. He's very good. I have the stats in front of me. He's very good. And I praise Josh Jacobs on this broadcast for the last four games of the year last year. Without Josh Jacobs last year, in the final four games, Raiders don't sniff the playoffs. They, they don't even miss the playoffs by a game. They miss it by two games. So Josh Jacobs, I had a lot of respect for him the way they finished the season. But he finished the season with Rich Passaccia and an entire staff almost that's not here anymore. So Josh Jacobs is going through a tryout right now. I think he's going to start. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to play more than the other running backs, but I'm not in the room with the coach and the GM. I don't know what's going on at that level. So he went into the game and played and ran hard. And oh my God, I'm happy it happened in Canton, Ohio, where they invented football because everybody's walking around in Canton thinking they're a football scholar and no one can get their head around this topic that you're going to play for Josh McDaniels. You're going to play. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to play. I said a week ago, I don't think he'll play a snap. After seeing Josh play, maybe Derek plays a quarter in Miami or a quarter, you know, at some point. I don't know. But the Josh McDaniels rumors going crazy on was he showcased for a trade? Is he fighting for his job? Let's go to earlier today where the head coach met the media, and this was the first question. Big week for us. 
obviously. You know, JJ is a guy that obviously we uh, we know what he's done. Um, and as I said after the game, you know, I, I really do believe that the backs in in any you know situation they don't really get to simulate what's going to happen during the course of the regular season. And and so you know, giving them an opportunity to actually get tackled, take care of the football. Um, you know, and, and get acclimated to a new system, quite honestly, um, you know, I think is, is the goal. And each man's different. Like I said, we, you know, chose to not play a few guys. There was a, a, a number of guys that couldn't play based on, you know, just coming back from something or, um, you know, rehabbing certain things. Um, but, you know, Andre James played three series as our starting center, and there was a purpose for that, you know, um, communication with the quarterbacks, Really starting to do the do the things on the line of scrimmage with the guys on either side of them, uh, and do it in a game setting when we didn't know what what was coming. You know, you saw a lot of the linemen play most of the first half that started the game again. Um, so you know, like I said, we'll try to do what's best for the team. Um, we felt like that was a good thing, a good opportunity for all our backs that played. Um, I, we have a lot of confidence in JJ and, you know, he did well with his opportunities, which we, which we hoped he would. And he did. Um, but no, that has, we have no desire to do that at all. All right. So that's a pretty strong comment by the head coach. We have no desire. They have no desire to go out and move him. So that's all there is to it. Oh my God. These are Raider fans. These are some of the greatest and most educated fans in the history of football. Everybody's confused about Josh Jacobs getting a couple of series in Canton, Ohio. What's the big deal? Now, the big deal is if he got hurt coming off a lightning delay and some slick weather and blew out his knee, I would admit that'd be cause for concern. (laughs) That'd be a big topic. So I understand why people would bring it up, but this is the best example, or maybe not the best, one of the examples now that I could give you about this new regime. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. They are going to keep you guessing. They are not entitled to tell you anything that's important to the organization, especially in the offseason or the preseason. Okay, they're, they're trying to keep everyone guessing, including the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. So everybody slow your roll and calm down. Josh Jacobs ran hard early on in the first game, and he might play again. I would assume he's going to play again. And if the Raiders decide to start him and he's got fresh legs and he's got a little bit of an extra burst because he played in the preseason, great. It's risk-reward. Risk-reward. And Josh Jacobs, I hate to remind everybody, is not Barry Sanders. He is not Earl Campbell. He is not Emmett Smith. Okay? He is not one of the all-time greats. He is not anywhere near one of the all-time greats. He got drafted to be one of the all-time greats. He's a very good player. Very good player. Well, you're not going to bubble wrap him. Now, in regards to the news from today with Brandon Parker, Deshaun Reed two hours ago said that Brandon Parker isn't at practice, so Alex Leatherwood is running with the starters. Uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic retweeted that Parker injury further heightens the needs to sign a tackle. So when it came to Brandon Parker, he was not very impressive. He hasn't been very impressive. As a player, as an elite player, right? We're talking about elite, Pro Bowl, or close to being a Pro Bowl. He's not that guy. And as Vic Tafer just tweeted three minutes ago, I've been telling you this for months. They need to get a tackle. And I believe they will find a tackle on a cut down from another team 
on a cost-cutting move on another team. Don't know who that player is, but the Raiders will pick up a tackle who will be able to start or be able to start quickly if they need him. So those are the two personnel moves that I wanted to hit on here. As we open up the show, Chandler Jones back at practice and some of the other issues that might be important to you. Not concerning yet, but important to you around the league. So Josh Jacobs talked about this big week coming up here as they prepare for their first preseason home game, the first time the head coach coaches as a head coach at Allegiant Stadium. Big week for us. Obviously, coming off of the first preseason game, we saw a lot of things that uh, you know we can do better, we can fix and improve, and... Um, you know, the length of time between preseason game number one and preseason game number two for us gives us um, an opportunity to really kind of spend a lot of quality time this week doing that and get a few padded practices in here this week. So excited to get to work again. Yeah, a couple of padded practices. I'm excited to be there tomorrow. I want to see padded practices and how this team that's had a few already. And remember, the Raiders have had a head start on the entire league with their practices which Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler is going to give veterans some conditioning days off because they're going to have padded practices and they started before everybody else. But yeah, this is a big week coming up here. He looked at the tape coming off Canton where the Raiders had a lot of good things to look at. Not everything was perfect. He's evaluating that as they move forward. Um, I, like I said, I thought, we, I thought we had great energy. I thought our guys really had a great approach to the game. Um, you know, we didn't do a whole lot schematically, which is, is fine, but we wanted to see fundamentally some of the things that we've been working hard on. Uh, I think some of those things showed up. Um, I think one of the best things that came out of the game is it's a lot clearer for our team to see the areas where we can make progress from this point forward. Um, you know, our, our lanes and punt coverage, our, uh, double teams against different shades and techniques up front, you know, our ability to be under control and tackle, you know, when, when you play a game, you know, now you're on film for everybody to see. And, uh, we had a great opportunity the day after the game to go through, you know, every single play of the game. And now the players see it. It's on film. It's not just a practice period or an individual drill. Now it happened in a game, you know, so, uh, to me, that's one of the biggest positives you can take is, okay, there's a clear focus on what needs to improve, and that's kind of how we've set our week up this week. The attention to detail is intense. And again, I could go back to Jack Del Rio. I can go back to Dennis Allen. I can go back to Lane Kiffin. I can go back to Art Shell and John Gruden. All head coaches have attention to detail. You don't become a head coach in this league without attention to detail. Josh McDaniels is different. He worked under Belichick. He's won six Super Bowls as a coordinator or coach. No one's ever done that. He grew up in Canton, Ohio, home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame with his history. He's different. He's really specific on his detail. And I think a lot of Raider fans knew that when they brought him in. And I think that's going to be his strength when the Raiders lose a game or win a game is the attention to the tape and the detail and how they're going to be able to quickly react. I mean, do you think there's anybody in this league other than Andy Reid? I'm dead serious. Do you think there's anybody in this league that has the experience that Josh McDaniels has getting off a plane at 3 in the morning after a game Sunday night and being ready with a brand-new game plan? I'm not talking about a similar one. Brand-new game plan for the upcoming opponent than Josh McDaniels. That's what I'm getting out of this. He's going to be really tight with his preparation very tight, not giving out information that could help the opponent. 
and keeping everybody on their toes, from the players to the trainers to the backups, everybody. That's what we got now. And I think it's, it's different. I like it. It's unique. And he's going to have a chance to prove to everybody how great of a coach he is. Now Darren Waller is, you know, Darren Waller is a guy that is expecting a contract. He's been a very good player. He's in this process now with the team and the new GM and the coach on what's going to happen here. It seems like everything is calm and cool with Darren Waller. Here's the head coach from today. Everybody's making progress. You know, they're all they're all working really hard. Um, and like I said, there, there's there's a handful of them that are just continuing to grind away in the training room and rehab, and uh, they'll be out there as soon as they're ready to go, and hopefully that will be sooner rather than later for some of them. Yeah, and sooner rather than later. So when you hear someone asked about an injury or why isn't someone available, if they're really hurt, you're going to get that answer. If they're okay and they're working through some issues, they'll tell you they're going to be back sooner than later. And they have a lot of guys from time to time in the training room. I hope that isn't the case here with Waller or anybody else. I want to see everybody healthy and at 100%. But the big takeaway, the last point I wanted to make is the competition level here. The level of competition that is expected around this team 24-7 every time they're in the building. Coach talked about that today. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, th- that's the other thing that really shows up is there's opportunities um, and they've all heard the same thing that we've said since we got here, which is, you know, competition makes us all better and they're going to earn their role on the team. You know, we don't have it predetermined. And so, you know, Austin made a play in the kicking game too. You know, he's one of the first guys down on the kick cover team. You know, he's down there inside the 20 yard line, you know, making contact with the returner. Um, you know, so plays really hard, um, made a couple of really nice runs, made some people miss in the secondary. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no question that he's, he showed up, he's competing hard. Uh, he's open-minded to whatever role we asked him to compete in. Um, and again, he's added competition to our backfield. No question. Yeah. There's competition here on this team, competition at running back competition at wide receiver but but on the back end of the wide receivers not with Devonte, and, and what we have is the first two or three guys hunter demarcus waller you know there's there's so much for competition and there's a lot of competition on the defense especially in the defensive backfield and linebacker but the offensive line you know i watch a lot of these morning shows i get up and what are they screaming screaming about what are they saying eric mangini was on tv today saying he loves what the raiders look like But most people are saying they love what the Chargers look like. And they love Denver with Russell Wilson. You know, and they love Kansas City, even though they're taking a slight step back. People have to go out of their way to say something nice about the Raiders. I mean, it's almost even when the people that like the Raiders talk, they have to throw out a disclaimer why they like the Raiders. They just can't say, man, I love the Raiders. They look great. And I think the reason is the offensive line. Every single guy's got the talking point, gal, in media. Everyone. The talking point is I like the Raiders, but they got to tighten up this offensive line. Their personnel is not great. They don't have great talent up front, and the players have to play above their ability. Even Colt Miller is a very good player. He's not a pro bowler. He's got to play above his ability this year, and that offensive line has got to be good enough to protect Derek Carr. I had a lot of conversations in Canton with a lot of legends about where this team is, what they like about this team, and I'll be sharing that today tomorrow and the rest of the weeks when something cool happens and i could share that with you show started 23 minutes ago we'd like to hear about your cliff branch experience i don't have time it's only a two-hour show i gotta do three more tonight let's hear about cliff branch getting inducted we have mark davis's presentation we'll play that 
and I have a bunch of stories to tell. Mark Anderson will join us later on with UNLV football, the Raiders, where the Raiders are in camp here, at JT the Brick on Twitter. I posted some pretty cool Twitter highlights from the party. Some of the people that were out there, Marcus Allen gave an amazing speech again. Henry Lawrence performed, and Diana Ross, the queen. Diana Ross, when she came out from behind that stage, there was no more than 20 people in that building that knew she was there. And when everybody saw her and the look on their face as she went through her set, man, that was a bucket list. You understand why Diana Ross is the queen of Motown, why Cliff loved Diana Ross, and why Mark Davis paid to have her there for the Cliff connection. It was beautiful to see. Man, did she have energy and was she fantastic. So a bunch of highlights from the trip to Canton. Let's hear from you if you went. If you watched on TV, 702-365-9200. I'm one of the only last hosts by himself. That's why we open up the phones. I don't want to hear myself for two hours recap this trip. I know there were Raider fans there. Let's hear from them. We'll have Mark Davis's speech, and we got some good content the rest of the show. We are brought to you by our great friends at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Third Eye Blind is coming up playing here on August 12th. You want to go see them live inside the theater at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Great kid. Um, smart. Uh, works hard at the game. Um, you know, hasn't had a tremendous number of opportunities, you know, just based on the circumstances that he came in under um, and, and dealt with an injury, you know, a, a year and a half ago that, you know, kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, but you know, he's healthy now um, and, again, understands what he's trying to do, ran the offense pretty efficiently the other night, uh, took care of the ball, um, you know, made some plays with his legs. Uh, so, again, he's just uh, – to me, I see him as a young player who's continuing to develop and improve, you know, uh, we have not reached, you know, his peak yet, you know, and we have a lot of players on our team I'd say that about, but uh, certainly Jarrett is one of them. Jarrett Stidham uh, turned this up. TMZ reported one minute ago. Olivia Newton-John just passed away at the age of 73. What an impact Olivia Newton-John had on music. And Las Vegas. Huge in Vegas. Let's play, pay respects to Olivia Newton-John. Let's play our music. All right. TMZ reporting. Olivia Newton-John, who soared to international stardom as both a singer and movie star, has died at the age of 73. Respects to her. Her brand, her music, and the connection, obviously, here to Las Vegas. So Vegas, and everybody streaming the show, what do you think of Speed Kills Cliff Branch, the performance of the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night, and the entire presentation and everything that went down here over the last four or five days? Come on, man. I've been gone for five days. Cliff Branch got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Let's get behind Cliff as we wrap up the summer of Cliff Branch here. Everything from that party, attention to detail. They had a spot called Cliff's Corner. So you went into the ballroom, and I looked to the right, and there was some drapes. I'm like, what is that? And I walked up, and it was Cliff's Corner with this unbelievable food. And it had the poster and speed kills and all of the Cliff Branch memorabilia up there. (laughs) I'm telling you, 
whoever came up with that party and that idea to do that there, it was one of the highlights for me. Saturday was a great day for the owner, Mark Davis. He spoke to ESPN before his best friend, Cliff Branch, was enshrined and really was a big day for Lane Anderson, Cliff's sister, but Mark Davis, who was waiting for this day for a long time. Here's the conversation. Raiders are going to start the 2022 preseason in about 17 minutes. Cannot wait. We're about seven or so minutes away from the announcements here inside Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium for the class of 2022, which, of course, includes the late Cliff Branch uh, and his best friend and the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, joining us now here in the booth. Uh, we did not expect to see you at 8.23 local time here tonight. We expected to be deep into the first quarter, but it is nice to see you. How you doing, Jason? And, uh, thank you very much for Link. letting me What's be up, part baby? of this organization and being part of all of this. This has been a wonderful week, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry. I just heard something else go off in my, <laughs> my earphone here. So we got we to get this straight we'll get this down here. Straight. We'll get this Technology, <laughs> Somebody man. get the headset working for the man who owns the franchise. Let's talk about Cliff. Yes, sir. Let's talk about Cliff. Uh, introduction is going to come here momentarily. Uh, they'll announce the entire class of 2022. And then, of course, on Saturday, the official enshrinement, your best friend. Uh, and I know this is something you've been wanting to see for a long time. Well, it's definitely something that was earned um, through the course of Clifford's career. Um, he was my best friend, still is my best friend. I love him. Um, I'm just so proud of him. And I'm just, you know, thankful to the people that helped keep his name alive in the... Uh, the voting, and the fact that they finally saw fit to make Cliff Branch a Hall of Famer. And uh, it's a great day for Raider Nation. It certainly is, Mark. And, and you know, you talk about being here. Long honor that's well-deserved. I, I was good, good friends with Cliff, too. He's, he's sorely missed. But just talk about this game, what it, you know, the, what it meant not only to the organization, but what it means to you to, to start off the season and get a chance to see this new team in action. Well, I tell you, you know, the offseason was quite a uh, – a building process for us. Uh, we got a new general manager in Dave Ziegler, got a new head coach in Josh, Josh McDaniels. And funny enough, Josh is from Canton, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when uh, we hired him, he said, hey, do you think there's a chance we could play in the uh, Hall of Fame game this year? And I thought that was a hell of an idea. And uh, when uh, I checked with the uh, National Football League and told them we'd be interested, they made it happen. Wow. So uh, we got the opportunity for them to open up here. And so Josh has a lot of his family and everything. Um, we played here two or th I think three times actually in the past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're undefeated here, <laughs> so let's see if we can keep that rolling tonight. Um, it's it's an historic place. Yeah. It's great to walk the halls again and see all the uh, people that came before us and uh, that that built this game. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's special. Mark, do you still Mark Davis with us here in the booth as we await the kickoff here of a delayed uh, Hall of Fame game? The Raiders are so enshrined in that building that is off to our left. And you've been here so many times. Do you still feel the same way as you did the first time when you came in here to feel the, the Raider Nation and all the history that is the Raiders that's here in Canton? You know, I don't know if I feel the same. Sometimes I feel more pride. Um, last year I was uh, part of uh, inducting uh, Tom Flores mm -hmm. into the Hall of Fame, and that was something special for me to be sitting up there with all the other Hall of Famers and being a part of that, and then to actually be able to do it again here with my best friend Cliff Branch, um, I don't even know how I'm going to react uh, to this. Every time you know we start talking about it now, I can feel tears welling up in my eyes. But uh, it's just it's just a great, great moment. It's a great place to be, and I'm just so excited to be here. Mark, you know, 
the Raiders have definitely been a big part of the history. Um, they're in the top five. There's about a number of players inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, obviously. There's still a lot of names that, that deserve to be in there. But last year with C. Wood, Charles Woodson, and Coach Flores going in, and this year with Cliff Branch, and Richard Seymour even played a little bit for the team. But when you walk over through the hall, I, I just from a personal feel, what, how do you feel when you see your dad's bust? Because when, when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, it was a special time for the Davis family as well. You know, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, you hear a lot of different things about the contributor class. And I think when my father was elected in as a, quote, contributor, there really wasn't a contributor uh, category. Mm-hmm. But he, he was elected as somebody that, that fulfilled so many different roles in his uh, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an assistant coach. He was a head coach. He was a commissioner. He was a general manager. He was an owner. In, and in all of those things, he excelled. And football was his life, and the Raiders were his life. And so to see that bust in there, that represents a lifetime of work and a lifetime of this game of football, it makes me very proud, and it makes me understand what the legacy is that I have to carry on. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what makes it important. And... As my father, it was always about the players, that the players were the most important part of this game. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, you know, try to carry through on. And then also, again, the alumni. Yeah. And the alumni, as I'll say it and say it again, the alumni is the most valuable asset that the Raiders have. And there's a, a number of them in the Hall of Fame, but there's a number of them right here today. Yeah. Lincoln, as one of them right here, should be in that hall. <laughs> Thank um, you. But it's, it's a family that has been built. So when I see his bus there, that's what it stands for for me is the Raider family and what we stand for and how we all just stick together. Yeah. Well, Walking so. through today and, and, and standing in front of John Madden's bus for the time since he passed away at, at the end of last year as well and all of that. And everything you're talking about, new to the organization, Mark, I'm nine days in now. <laughs> I have felt that to a T for the last three days being around this organization here in Canada. It's incredible. It really is incredible, that connection to the family. Um, the excitement of this team, though. This team. So the, the great thing about this game, it brings all the things that you're talking about, the history, the family, the alumni, and it puts it together with the future of what this team might be. Well, again, you know, change is always uh, tough to go through, and, you know, you have to make decisions at times whether to make changes. Um, we're on a fresh start right now with this organization on the football field and in the front office with uh, Sandra Morgan being the uh, president mm-hmm. and Josh and Dave leading, leading this team on the field. We've got some great uh, veterans now that have kind of grown up within the organization yeah. with Derek and uh, Max. Yep. And, uh, you know, can't, couldn't be prouder of those two. And then bringing in guys that uh, are building this organization around. I'm excited tonight. I'm excited to see what we've got. But it's... The football season is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Absolutely. Health is really one of the things you got. You know, you don't finish the season with the same team you started with. Mm -hmm. Unless you're getting in the Super Bowl, then you're pretty much with that team that stayed healthy and was able to get it done. So we sit here tonight, and, you know, we've got fresh hopes. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I keep saying, we're undefeated. Mm -hmm. But uh, we know that there's a long haul ahead of us, and I'm excited to see how we uh, rise to the occasion. Mark, last one for me. What excited you most about Josh McDaniel in the hire? Um... You know, I watched him over the years. I believe he's a chess player. Mm-hmm. Um, you see coaches that will make adjustments for the next game. Certainly. You'll see coaches that will make adjustments for the next half. There's coaches that will make the ne- adjustments for the next quarter. I've watched Josh in games 
make the adjustments during a series. <laughs> and I think he knows how to pick out where they might find a weak link on the other side of the field, and he exploits it. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess the way I would say it, he plays chess. Yeah. And uh, you see some games where the weather was so bad that you weren't going to be able to throw it. Right. So he put a running game together. Yeah. And won, damn near won the yeah. game just by running the football. Yeah. Yep. And vice versa yeah. in other things. So I just think he's a bright young mind that had a chance at doing it one time, mm -hmm. learned a lot, and now he's coming back for his second shot, and I think he's going to take full advantage of it. And I'm just excited that he's doing it with us. Mark, we really appreciate all of this time. Time we didn't expect to have with you here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now it looks like we're, we're set to go, and we'll all watch this unfold together and see what this journey is going to be this year. Raider love. It's game day, baby. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. Thanks, Mark. Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, so that was Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy. That was from the pregame show with Raiders owner Mark Davis, and I think he got a really good vibe of what Canton was like in his opinion of the head coach and Dave Ziegler and our new president, Sandra, and everything that's happening within the organization, and Mark was in a really good place. He was available to the media and put on a big event and got a chance to enshrine his first player, which is really important to Mark's legacy and the importance of the Hall of Fame and the Raiders and his dad and his legacy. You know, from knowing Mark as long as I've had, he's never won. To, he's not going to be his dad. Al Davis is the maverick. Al Davis. Mark's a different guy. And he learned under his dad, and he's going about it differently. And the way Mark built this franchise revenue base is big part of his legacy now. But no one wants to win more than him. Mark loves the fact that the team's doing well. Legion Stadium is fantastic. Everything is great. He wants to win. And he thinks, as he said, He's got a chess guy, a guy playing chess in Josh McDaniels. And I thought that was very telling here, what he thinks about everything. Reggie, back from Canton. Good to hear from you, my friend. Thanks for starting us off today. How are you? JT, man, it's so awesome. I, I, I know most of my friends that know me, most of the Raider Nation that know me, they always say I'm always positive Patty, right? I'm always coming up positive. But what's wrong with that, right? <laughs> Man, it was so cool to see you. It was so cool to be amongst the Raider Nation out there at Canton. We always show up and we always show out, man. Can't no fan base stand up and look me eye to eye and tell me they better than we are. I love the Raider Nation. But this time around, man, finally got my boy uh, Cliff in, and it's like, it's like a weight off your chest when you've been mm -hmm. pressing and hoping and wishing and swearing that they got to let him in. They got to let him in. And he finally made it, man. And that is so awesome. And and like uh, Charles Woodson said, said, Lester Hayes, you next, baby. <laughs> hey, JT, I, mm -hmm. I know you saw how excited we are, the, the fan base that showed up. Yep. Just like last year, we show up and we show out. I wanted to give mad props to my girl, Wendy. Just win, Wendy. I'm all nervous, man, because that girl really helped me out. It, she made it just an awesome week. It was mm -hmm. it's just amazing, man. And then awesome. seeing all the rest of the guys out there. And, and you, you know, seeing the Raider Nation radio folks out there. Mm -hmm. I got to see Q. I got to see you. I got to see a few other people, man. It was just amazing, yeah. and I love it. I'm going back as soon as they announce they go put Lester in. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to have that conversation. Thanks for the call. Good to see you, Reggie. Thank you. Um, pretty emotional with Lester. I spent a lot of time with Lester there, a lot. 
And one of the nights I came home reasonably, reasonably late, but not super late. It's a party. Lester was out front having a cigarette. And I talked to Lester for a good half hour on my way into the hotel. Didn't even get in the hotel and Lester was out there. Lester needs to be next. For everybody who says Plunkett, we get it. Obviously, Jim means everything to me in the show. Lester Hayes is next for a number of reasons. The two Super Bowls, the dominant years, the shutdown player, and all of his teammates getting in. So as it was obvious that Cliff was left out, as Cliff was one of the six players to win all three, Lester is next, and he should be next. If you want to say Lester and Jim, of course. But Lester goes next. And Charles Woodson tweeted it out. And Charles got a lot of followers and people that listen to him. So I think the focus will be on Lester Hayes and Jim Plunkett. But no doubt in my mind, Lester Hayes is next on the list. We continue with our recap of the enshrinement of Cliff Branch into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Raider Nation Radio. Brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizza, the best pizza I've ever had. It's definitely the second one for us. Meaning, meaning we're not going to, you know, go backwards and and treat it like we haven't, you know, done anything. We learned a lot uh, about what we can fix and get better at um, in Canton the other night. And so, I think for us, like I said, from the very beginning when we learned we had that game, we were going to try to take advantage of all four. Um, maybe not the same way, you know, in terms of how we how we utilize them, what we try to put the focus and emphasis on, uh, who plays, who doesn't play, you know, how we're going to, you know, navigate that, all those decisions. We'll try to do what's right for our team, which, you know, there's a, a number of things that we can do differently, um, you know, play it a different way, et cetera. But uh, we're definitely going to look at it for, for what it is, which is a great opportunity for us to make progress uh, from week one to, to week two. Josh McDaniels getting ready for Minnesota. Looking forward to seeing my friend Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. Man, he's great. He's not good. He's one of the best play-by-play voices. We have Jason Horowitz now, who did a really nice job with his first game from everything I heard, and Lincoln Kennedy, and they just spoke to Mark Davis, and we played that back. JT, recap in Canton. If you had a chance to go, if you experienced it, let us know. We'd love to hear your stories as we continue. Ruben in Vegas. Thanks for waiting, Ruben. You're up next on the flagship. Go ahead. Uh, thank you for taking the call, JT. Um, I didn't get to go to Canton, but I was in El Paso. And when I, everywhere I, I, I am, man, I wore my Raider gear, my Raider polo. Even Saturday, I went to my cousin's Sweet 16 out there, and I had my Raider pin on my suit. And all I got was the nods, you know, like, yeah, Raiders, baby, Raiders. You know, it doesn't cost nothing nothing to be a fan of this organization mm-hmm. and i spend all my money you know all my disposable income i buy my raider gear from the raider image official raiders uh supplies and, and gear and whatnot mm-hmm. but it just feels good hearing these interviews thank you for all these interviews these, these stories that you're telling us these are legends man these are like you know people that i grew up wa- you know watching on youtube and nfl films and it just makes me feel proud to be a raiders fan you know that's all i gotta mm-hmm. say is want to say thank you for the great content Thanks. thank you for the stories Thank you, Mark Davis, for everything that you're doing to this organization going forward. And it makes me be proud, man. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm in Texas, I go, where are you from? Vegas, home of the Raiders. And we go, my city, my town, my team. Have a nice. good day, JT. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. You know, we came up with the Summer of Cliff. I came up with the idea, and I brought it to the Raiders. And I said, look, I want to do Cliff all summer because it's lean. And Cliff A deserves it. It's got to be big. And, you know, we need content. It's a slow time of the year. 
but Clip's more important than everything other than, you know, rebuilding the team or re, not rebuilding. The team won 10 games, went to the playoffs, but new coach, new president, new GM, and the team got behind it, and they were great. I mean, everybody did, and when Mark Davis told me about that in private and he pulled me aside and said, thanks for doing that, it was really a high honor. It was easy to do. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the guest and the people that put the imaging together and got us all the Bill King play-by-play sound. That took a lot of work, so thanks to the entire team involved. Uh, Aaron in Maui. Aaron, thanks for calling in. Appreciate you. How are you? Hey, JT. I'm recovering, man. Just yeah. now uh, flew back in late last night. Uh, I can't put into words. I'm going to try, and I won't take up too much time, but I can't put into words the weekend that I experienced there from the inauguration ceremony, the game Thursday night. Uh, fundraising dinner with Isaac Bruce and, Bruce and, and Mike Singletary. Then I get invited and we go to this party where I saw you again at the Corey Golf Club, checking in in the front door, and they say, hey, uh, Diana Ross is here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's cool. But then I hear music play. I'm like, oh, of course you're going to play that Diana Ross song because she's here. Look up to my left and she's up on the stage, JT. It was yeah. crazy. Saw you there. I need a video because you videoed me while I was on the dance floor. So I need a copy of that, JT. So I, I, I'm requesting a copy of that. But it was an amazing weekend. Uh, Mr. Davis went over the top. I just wanted to say as a Raider fan and being there in attendance, how appreciative I am to have an owner that takes care of their people. And he 100%, this, as you said, it will be impossible to top going forward. And I just wanted to thank uh, this Raider Nation and being a Raider fan for a, a great experience, a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime experience, man. Yeah, that was. Great seeing you, my friend. We had a lot of good times together out there. So to Q, I do got a video of Q dancing, and I sent it to Q, and I got to go back in my phone to see you dancing. The Raiders' house band was incredible. The Raiders had a house band that was, you know, they had the, the house band of Allegiant Stadium. They're as good as it gets. I was in the green room with them as they were getting ready, and they were warming up their instruments and their voices, and Mark hit a home run picking them. And everybody who worked behind the scenes to pick that house band, which their name should be Raiders House Band because they're associated with a global brand. And you'll probably see them, I'm assuming, coming up here a bunch. It was a great trip. Uh, do I say it's, was it the greatest party I've ever been to in my life? Well, my wedding was a hell of a party. So I would put that there in my personal life. But for all the Raider events that I've been to and private events, Napa, Napa was always first class in entertainment. But the Diana Ross thing, was just different. I mean, it's Diana Ross, the foundation of Motown, the Supremes. And for her to come out and the connection to Cliff, because Cliff and Mark would go see Diana Ross, that's why she was selected. And she sounded great. I mean, all the videos that'll surface and whatever the Raiders put out down the road. But it was just incredible to hear her voice and for her energy and to have everything going on. It's just incredible. Incredible to see everything that's happening here. Very proud to be a part of this organization when they make decisions like this and to be a part as the MC. I don't know if I'll ever MC anything bigger. Two biggest things in my life was introducing the 30th anniversary team in front of 54,000 fans on the field in Oakland. And this, MC and Cliff's party after Snake and Tom Flores. They all meant something different. But Cliff, this one, this one had a little bit A little bit more than anything I've ever seen. And it's great to be back to talk about it next.